Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hold on, Mary Jane! We are sex Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? You guys want to go see a dead body? I know kung fu. Do it. Get away from her, you bitch! What's in the fucking box? Hold on to your butts. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I thought you'd be mad at me because we were late, but it seems like we're old chums again. Yeah. We're old <laughs> yeah. chums. Oh, okay. Um, so, Trent. Hello, Parth. You're looking well. It's, it's, it's good to see you. Yeah, you too. Uh, eating anything special? Thanks for asking. Um, haven't eaten in a while. Got a tall glass of water before me. But a few hours ago, and part of the reason why we're starting the podcast delayed is because I was tasked with moving a couch because when you have a pickup truck, that's something that people ask you to do. So we went to a friend of the show, Jordan Sigfus's aunt's couch, not to her couch, to her house to move the couch, and she had a pool and a basketball hoop and a trampoline. And so needless to say, we got distracted, and there were, like, kids running around. It was like uh, a Norman Rockwell painting. Um and so, but before that, another part way how we got distracted is we stopped for coffee at Simply Chai, and we got um, chais and monkey bread, and we ate it on the road. And so, um, that's what I ate and why I'm late. That sounds lovely. What about you? I had a chicken sandwich from Wendy's. Um, we're trying, uh, as of recording, tomorrow I'm going on a flight to India. Part of why this episode is late, because we've had so many episodes we've had to record um but yeah we kind of have exhausted the food we already have and didn't want to buy more groceries just before we're about to leave and it would make for interesting conversation on the show exactly how was your wendy's how was your wendy's chicken sandwich it's good um my one qualm with wendy's is they had this jalapeno it was like their number 12 and that number 12 always changes every few months but i liked the number 12 that was there last but now it's the hot honey or something. And like, I don't care for that. It's okay, but it's not for me. Um, and so I'm kind of not, I feel, I, I used to be kind of a Wendy's ex- extremist, extremist. Um, but now. Yeah, when I was like 12, I really liked Wendy's. I've matured now. I think now I'm more of a Popeye's kind of guy. I was just going to say maturing is liking the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Well, we've got something spicy to talk about today, don't we? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, we're, yeah, we do have to talk about Top Gun. Yeah, we do. But, Should we, oh? I mean, I had something that, you know how we, uh, we recorded the Whiplash intro the other day, and it was like the Roe v. Wade overturn day, and that was like, oh my god, yeah. Yes. Um, so when we record, just, just for a backstory, because you'll hear about this in two weeks, but... Uh, we recorded our whiplash discussion um, on the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned. So we were in our, um, we were so in our feels. We we sound very like depressed in that episode, at least at the beginning. Um, 
but I guess like this episode is getting released much closer to Roe v. Wade getting overturned. So I guess we just need to say for the record, shit really sucks and um, we are against it. Yeah, but basically the reason I bring it up again um, is because I was thinking, I was like, oh, we kind of just said like that sucks and we didn't provide any like good solutions. And so I Ooh, I think I think I know what's happening. I think Jackson told me about this. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're talking about the same thing. But the internet has recently informed me of a thing called Plan C, and it's not it's not Plan A or Plan B, but it's Plan C, and you can look it up. And it's like um, uh, basically uh, an abortion pill sent to your house, and it's like a hundred fifty dollars, and they do like a digital appointment, and it seems like really easy. And I don't know if it goes to states where abortion is illegal, and I'm sorry if that's the case, but I did it for New Jersey, and it seems very available and uh, affordable. And uh, if you have a situation and you need to take care of it, that seems like a good resource. You can look it up. This this is different from what I was like. I thought you were going to bring up, which is Trent is hosting a party at his house today. As of when this episode gets released, it'll have been yesterday, but. Um, we're raising money for Planned Parenthood, no? Apparently, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't just go out and toot my own horn like that. But yeah, that does no, appear. But, yeah, I mean, I thought, the, thought... the money wouldn't have gone to me. It would have been split among the band. So there's no reason to give me credit. But I just suggested it. it no, seemed... Trent, I wasn't giving you credit. Um, but I just thought it should be out there. But okay. anyways, um, should we should we cut in? Should we go? Yeah, I just thought that we should handle that in the intro because once the the, the Top Gun music plays, it's all Top Gun all once, the time. Once we feel the need, you know, the need for speed. Once once yeah. we once we enter, dare I say, the the danger zone. Mm, what what are you gonna play? Danger zone right now? As the intro music, or that would seem appropriate. Gonna... All right. Who's to say though? Take my breath away. No, Trent. It's the wrong song. Highway to the danger zone. Gonna keep you right into the episode. I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! The need for speed. Ow! Alright, you wanna, you wanna continue? Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. This week, who, who, or last, the last two weeks, who did we have, Trent? The last two weeks, we split our interview with editor Eddie Hamilton, and uh, that was a super big fish for us to catch with our fishing rods, with our email fishing rods. He was, a, he was an incredibly nice man. No? Or was it just like rude to us? I don't remember. I liked it. I liked. I liked talking to him. Um, yeah. And what else did he edit? Any other movies come to mind? Like, uh, like, um, like, uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible: Fallout, Kick Ass, Kick Ass One and Two. Um, this doesn't seem like. Oh a big wait, X Men, X Men First Class. Um, so he's been around the Kingsman, block. Kingsman Two, uh, but nothing, nothing big that nothing comes to you, mind. Nothing you've heard of. Yeah, yeah. It, like Eddie just, Hamilton's just, just a few a things. Small town girl living in a lonely world, taking the midnight train, going anywhere. Um, that should that that sounds like a song almost. You should you should work with that. So it's the beginning of the discussion. 
is now the it time is. that the first part happens. Yeah, that's the ten word synopsis. It can I be my think... turn. I, I know you're more. Yeah, qualified. I think it's your turn. I, well, maybe that's I... why it should be your turn. Yeah, no, I, I agree that I'm overdue. Um, Tom Cruise, or no, 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 no. Maverick, Not return. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. Maverick returns to Top Gun. Oh, I I have a way you could finish it. Uh, I want to do like. I have one that is exactly 10. Okay. Preparing Rooster and Co. Mm, I want to do, like, for 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 mission, but, like, I'm, I'm over. Well, I was going to say has to reconcile with Rooster. I wanted to bring up Rooster and the mission. Yeah. Um, can, Maybe can that's I, a mission impossible. Can I raise the white flag? I, I tried. Or I got 11 words. But I'm yeah. the host of the show. I don't have to abide by the rules. No, you can change the rules if need be. And, but in interest This isn't of the a rules, democracy. No. In the interest of the rules, the synopsis is, after more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell, Pete Maverick Mitchell, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. I feel like this is more of like a... What happens before the movie? This like doesn't really cover what happens in the narrative of the film. Yeah, true. Yeah, this is like in the first ten minutes. This is what you see. Is is it true what people said about Tom Cruise like coming on screen and having like a speech before the movie about how important Top Gun is to him? I think he did that at uh, one of the premieres. Oh, oh, okay. Or, or many of them. But. I, ju- I just read something about someone saying that, and I, was, I kept showing up late to the two Top Gun screenings, and I was wondering if I missed it. Oh, oh, you mean, like, recorded before the film? Yes, that is true. He has, he, he has a pre-recorded bit where he says, like, thanks for coming to the movies. We made it for you. Real jets, real speed. So thank you for coming out. Yeah, so I missed that. I showed up late both times. I, I sh- I've seen the movie five times. I've seen him talk about it five times. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Top Gun Maverick. Thank you all for being here. Decades in the making, and so many people, our incredible cast and crew, worked very hard to bring you the most immersive and authentic film experience we could. There's real F-18s, real Gs, real speed. We're so happy you're here in this theater and seeing it on the big screen. So please enjoy so did it get better each time did it yes. plat did it plateau because what because i didn't i wasn't seeing the movie with the same people so every time he came on screen the new crowd i was with was like <gasps> it was it's not gross. you got to experience childlike wonder vicariously yeah, through my parents, through Sophia Alexis, through Jackson Clark, through Sarah Brotman, just a whole bunch of people. I recently saw Lightyear, and excuse my French, but like it was fucking garbage, and someone threw a, a water bottle at us. But then I read a review on Letterbox that was, and I gave it one star. And then I read a Letterbox review. Well, that- I think it needs to be it needs to be said that Trent didn't finish the movie. Well, we were a lot was on our mind, and then someone threw a water bottle at us, and then we were like, "Why are the vibes bad?" In the vibes and so bad. We, maybe it's because Tom Cruise didn't introduce it. 
But I read a letterbox review and it was like I was watching Lightyear at a matinee and I wasn't expecting much. And then like a kid and their mom sat next to me and the kid was super amped on Lightyear and it made me enjoy Lightyear. And so maybe I just needed to watch it with a kid. Yeah. Experience childlike wonder that has since left your body long ago. You know, you know, I did just experience kids playing around a pool and I was like, why is this nice? Yeah. Trent loves hanging around little kids. But Trent also loves giving the budget and box office of this movie, doesn't he? More importantly, the budget is $170 million, which is, like, surprisingly low. And uh, the box office, I noticed that you adjusted it because now it's... One... Oh, today it crossed. It yes. crossed over. It crossed the $1 billion mark, so it's $1.006 billion. And yeah. uh, I just saw it yesterday, and the crowd was pretty crowded and lively and more than one group applauded it after and i joined in in the applause yeah how many times have people applauded when you saw it every single time but like did it decrease the amount of applause? uh well the time i went with sarah brotman to see it which is the fifth time i'd seen it it was a midday showing in the middle of the week so it was really just me her and like two or three other groups in the theater um so I don't know how much that one can really count, but I would say that it was a pretty it was pretty equal each time I went, which is pretty awesome. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? <laughs> Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage the expectations. Oh yeah, so a few weeks ago, Paramount put out that 16% of ticket um, ticket sales were people that had gone to see it more than once, and that like four percent or something were people that had seen it three times or four like, times. For average people who aren't film students or like extreme extremists to see a movie three times is very surprising to me yeah except for when that movie is top gun maverick you know wow it just keeps getting better i think the only movie that i've seen so second second highest for me is mission impossible fallout which i saw four times and every other movie i think i've only ever seen twice ever in theaters i've only ever seen a movie twice in theaters i mean Um, but yeah yeah, I've I've shared this before, but yeah, when I, I when I saw the Batman and Licorice Pizza for the third time in theaters, I thought twice was enough. And then, uh, yeah, in the middle of seeing X, I saw X two days in a row, and about halfway through, I was like, "Hmm, was two days in a row necessary? Should have given it some time to breathe." But X is a good movie, and we covered it. Wait, can we reveal oh. that? Uh, don't <laughs> cut that out. Okay. Yeah, X is a good movie. But you know what yeah. else is good? Giving Top. the production history of Top Gun. Should I do it? 
there's so many bullet points, but Godspeed. <clears throat> yeah, I'll try to get through this as quickly as I can. So, development for the film began in 2010 when Paramount Pictures made offers to Jerry Bruckheimer and Tony Scott to make a sequel, with Tom Cruise reprising his role. By mid-2010, Chris McQuarrie received an offer to write the sequel screenplay. Fun fact, just when we entered our call with Eddie Hamilton, he was like, Sorry guys, just texting Chris McQuarrie. And both Trent and I looked at each other like, Uh, uh, A famous person? In 2011, Ashley Edward Miller and Zach Stentz were hired to write the screenplay, and in March 2012, Peter, P- Peter Craig was later hired to write a new draft under Tony Scott's direction. When asked about his idea for a new Top Gun film, Scott replied, quote, This world fascinated me because it's so different from what it was originally, but I don't want to do a remake. I don't want to do a reinvention. I want to do a new movie. The film was reported to focus on the end of the dogfighting era and the role of drones in modern aerial warfare, and that Cruise's character Maverick will fly an F-18 Super Hornet. Scott and Cruise toured Naval Air Station Fallon, Nevada, for research purposes, but a week later the project was unexpectedly stalled due to Scott's unfortunate suicide in August 2012. <clears throat> the project was on hold until September 2014 when the sequel was officially revived with Justin Marks entering negotiations to write the screenplay. He said that writing the screenplay for Top Gun was his dream project and that the film was an iconic film in his memory, which helped him pursue his film career. He researched the joint strike fighter, the F-35, to give an insight of how Top Gun would be represented in the current period. Joseph Kaczynski then met with Cruz on the set of Mission Impossible Fallout with a lookbook, a poster, and a title, Top Gun Maverick. He pitched two main ideas to Cruz. The first focused on Maverick's current place in the Navy as part of the Dark Star program, where he would be pushing the boundaries of aviation. And the second focused, and the second focused on the severed relationship between Maverick and Goose's son, set against a dangerous combat mission. Upon hearing his pitch, Cruz then contacted Jim Giannopoulos and requested to make the film. Kaczynski then hired screenwriter Eric Warren Singer, who boarded the film to rewrite the script by August 2017. In August 2018, McQuarrie, a frequent collaborator of Cruz, was brought in for rewrites during production. McQuarrie opted to mostly ignore the first film during his writing process and flew with the Blue Angels in preparation. In 2019, the Chinese company Tencent invested 12.5% of the film, but later pulled out of the project when when Maverick's jacket included the Taiwanese flag. By January 2020, final screenplay credits were given to Aaron Kruger, Singer, and McQuarrie, with story credit attributed to Craig and Marks. Cruz said that this film was going to be a, quote, a competition film similar to the first one, as well as, as, well as a progression for Maverick. Cruz designed a unique three-month boot camp to train the actors with flying roles to get them used to aerobatics and high G-forces, and to build the spatial awareness they would need to operate the camera equipment. The film was shot in IMAX format using IMAX-certified Sony Venice 6K full-frame cameras, and the production team spent over a year with Navy forces to figure out how to put six IMAX-level cameras in the cockpit. Aerial footage was also recorded using modified Aero L39 Albatross jets with cameras on their noses. To create the illusion that the actors were actually piloting the jets during flying sequences, the producers paid the Navy $11,374 per flight hour, four F-18 Super Hornets and pilots to fly them. The fictional Dark Star aircraft was partially based on the unmanned Lockheed Martin SR-72. Some of the training was required by the Navy for passengers and tactical jets, including underwater evacuation. 
Barbaro said that the cast Monica Barbaro said the cast endured aerobatics, including the extra 300L, including right before flights and the F-18F, to ensure their bodies had the required tolerance. They also had to learn lighting, cinematography, and editing to properly run the cameras because, as Jerry Bruckheimer put it, quote, when they're up in the jets, they have to direct themselves, essentially. Preliminary production on the film officially started on May 30th, 2018 in San Diego, California. And during late August, a 15-person film crew from Paramount and Bruckheimer Films were aboard the Norfolk-based aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln to flight to shoot flight deck operations. In mid-2019, crews in the production crew were sighted on board USS Theodore Roosevelt in NAS North Island. In March, filming was completed at Naval Air Station Whidbey Island in Oak Arbor, Washington. Principal photography was scheduled until April 15, 2019 in San Diego, Lemoore, China Lake, Chico, and Lake Tahoe in California, Seattle, Washington, and Pax River, Maryland. And on June, on June 19, 2019, Miles Teller revealed in an interview they had finished filming two days earlier. The post-production and editing works were, super, were supervised by Kaczynski at his home during the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. According to University Georgia professor Roger Stahl, open record requests have revealed that the U.S. military officials were allowed to make changes to Top Gun Maverick, including the insertion of key talking points such as foreign policy and recruitment. And a top U.S. military recruiter told Fox News that, quote, we want to take advantage of the opportunity to connect not just the movie and the idea of military service, but the fact that we've got jobs and we've got recruiters waiting for them. Mm. The, f- the film was originally scheduled to be released on Ju- July 12, 2019, and was initially, but then was initially delayed to June 26, 2020 to shoot several complex action sequences. By March 2020, Paramount moved the film up two days early on June 24, 2020, and was then moved to December 23rd due to COVID-19. On July 23rd, 2020, the film was delayed again to July 2nd, 2021 due to the rise of COVID-19 cases, and was then further delayed to November 19th, 2021, and then again to May 27th, 2022. It had the film had its premiere at CinemaCon on April twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, my birthday, and also screened at the Cannes Film Festival on May eighteenth in an official selection screening where it received a five minute standing ovation from the audience. Top Gun Maverick was then finally released theatrically by Paramount Pictures in the U S on May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, um, a lot, of, a lot of production history. The stuff about china was pretty pretty crazy yeah fun fact <laughs> sorry i just had a glass of water or some water no, from my bottle you you earned um, it um yeah. but um fun fact uh for the film's first trailer the uh taiwanese flag is digitally scrubbed from his jacket um and i assume that was to not so as not to bother the chinese censors but then it was reinstated in the final film so that's good i wonder what behind the scenes conversations were going on there okay well speaking of fun facts uh the world war ii p-51 mustang seen in this movie is actually tom cruise's own airplane which plane is that that's the, that's the plane in his like hangar that he flies mm. at the end and he's fixing oh, yeah. at the beginning yeah okay um according to miles teller three of the six new actors threw up every day of filming in the jets yeah, I saw Miles Teller in a podcast doing like a crazy breathing exercise. Did you see that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And that is. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. 
According to Miles Teller, the cast got to choose their own call signs. He chose Rooster because it was in the same family as Goose. That sounds crazy. That the, I mean... I feel like Rooster is such a perfect call sign for him. I mean, well, yes, I, I, and if, and as an extension of Goose, but like Hangman, like that's good. I don't. I've, yeah. All of them are good. Yeah. Bob, you know the shirtless. Oh wait, I skipped one. Um, the roof of the shack next to Ed Harris wasn't supposed to be lifted when Maverick flew past. However, the force of the jet broke the set, so they did it in one take. That's a cool shot. Seems intentional. Yeah. Um. The shirtless beach football montage had to be shot twice because Tom Cruise did not find the first version good enough. Don't you wish that he just wore shorts in that scene and didn't roll up his jeans? Like, that feels sandy. That feels like it hurts to me. Yeah. Oh, another fun fact I didn't put in is that the boat scene between him and Penny Benjamin where they're sailing. Awesome scene. That that was shot for the third time because the first two times they did it in San Diego, but it wasn't windy at all. Or fast enough, I think. So, speaking of the movie, Val Kilmer's dialogue was all AI since he can no longer speak. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, also, let me just say here, I know Val Kilmer can't speak, and so I'm sure texting is, like, his best mode. But, like, he responds so fast in the movie. And, like, he's always yeah. ready to respond. And just, like, texting Val Kilmer and or Vi- Iceman is just a funny thought. Well, not Iceman. He... Ice. Okay, but to think that he's, like, so locked into his phone is really funny. Um, yeah. But the Navy's oldest fighter pilot retired at 54, calculating for Maverick's birth in 1962. He is 58 in Top Gun Maverick. Top, uh, Tom Cruise looks good. He can fly a plane any day. Um, so can Harrison Ford. Yeah. Well, one of, one of them is better than the other. But, you know, who's I to mean, say who's... Just for context for anyone who doesn't know, Harrison Ford likes to smoke blunts and flies plane, and he's gotten in like seven accidents or something, but he lives on. Yeah. Um, On the Kermode and Mayo podcast, oh, Miles Teller said that they shot more footage for this film than the entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, maybe more hours. I mean, what was the number that Eddie Hamilton said? 813. Yeah, that's a lot of people flying in planes. I mean, that's why it looks so good. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise is 5'7", uh, the ideal height for fighter pilots. 5183183 He's obviously an iconic uh, individual, and uh, when he laid there as I was just kind of trying to check his airway and his blood pressure, it was obvious his his face is is Harrison Ford. He's conscious, breathing. I stabilized his neck, which is a common area of injury. He was, you know, obviously moaning and um, in, in pain. And, uh, well, with all those fun facts out of the way, Trent, what do you say we start with one-star reviews, huh? Yeah, let's. And this week we have to do letterboxed reviews instead of Amazon ones, because this film has yet to be released on Amazon. Um, so this is from Cathu, uh, three O's. It's one star, but with a heart, 
Ugh. I hate this movie because my dad named my brother after this movie. What did he name? Five crying. Maverick. Like I don't know. What it doesn't say. Pete is that his name? Is that Tom Cruise's name? Yeah, in the film. But like, why? Like, how would or unless this baby was what's his born, name? A, what's the name? B, was this was this sibling born in like the last two years? Because and do you not like the sibling? Or well, I mean, obviously not this movie. I think it can be assumed that it's the first one. I guess so. But then, Just why would you review would you this you're... movie poorly? Yeah, and like say that it was named after this movie. I feel like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, this baby would have to be born really recently. Who's who's your brother, dude? Yeah. Weird. Um, the second one you picked out the reviews, so who I don't know what's going on. But the second one's by Minion Cat Five, and it says this movie should have been in British. I don't know why. I I, why, I feel like this you... movie is like so American, like it's such a bizarre like review. I don't get it. But wow. this is from Lorena. And it says, movie just started, and immediately it's bad, and his ears are very, very dirty. And I brought this one because I was, uh, like, I didn't notice his ears being particularly dirty. Whose ears, Tom's? I, I assume. Who else would they be talking about? Dirty as in there's ear hair in there? He's an aging man. That happens. But also, I don't think that's true. Like That was the last such... thing on my mind. Like, he's he's a very well-groomed man. He's He's the last movie star. He has a million dollar smile. He has a six hundred million dollar smile. Is that how much he's worth? Is that yeah. the joke? Yeah. I, let the listeners know that I'm only noticing now that I can see my vehicle outside my window, and two of my windows are not open. And so, if any criminals come, at least they'll be able to see it happen. That's true. Um, well, uh, we managed to get through the production history in not that long seemingly un- seemingly unscathed is it is it time do we do we do we enter the danger zone you do we take our fooled again sorry do I we do love, we take our I, audience's I the, breath away i love the needle drops in the film yeah this movie is just like a bunch of good scenes like in a row this movie is it's kind of unfathomable a, how good it is, and B, how much better it is than the first one. Like, it's incomparable. I said this in my letterbox review, but since I saw Top Gun Maverick first and then went back and saw the original Top Gun, I think my review was something along the lines of, you hear about Top Gun growing up, and you're like, oh, everyone's talking about this. It must be good. And then you watch Top Gun. It's not that good. But Top Gun Maverick... Like, fucking slaps. I mean, I could watch Top Gun just, like, on a drunken night. Um, I could watch the first Top Gun, but this one is so much better, and it's amazing. So few movies take this, like, steep incline in quality on the second film, you know? Yeah. I mean, this movie really feels like the culmination of all that Cruz has been doing through his career. Everything he's been Um, working towards. Both in terms of, obviously, the flying stuff, because in the last 15 years, Cruz has really doubled down on all the stunts. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially with um, 
the last mission movie and another movie he made american made where he worked on a lot of flying sequences so clearly he made he he's made a lot of progress with that kind of storytelling in those movies but even just like the emotion in this movie maybe he just i feel likes, like he just likes flying in the planes that's true but like he like i this movie has such a strong emotional through line and i i think that like every scene kind of flows into the next one do, so do, well do you know how adam sandler like famously like go does movies that bring him and his friends to on vacation to hawaii where they also yeah. happen to be shooting grown-ups too yeah I was listening to a smarter podcast, and they were talking about how genuine Tom Cruise's smile seems when he's riding that motorcycle next to the plane. And they were like, Tom Cruise is just doing all these crazy movies because he's getting high off of jumping off of of this high stuff. Well, one of the funny things that Chris McQuarrie has said about Tom Cruise in some press, I think he was doing it either for Fallout or Rogue Nation, one of the mission movies he worked on. And he said that the difference, that there's one big main difference between Ethan Hunt and Tom Cruise, and it's that Ethan Hunt doesn't want to have to be doing all these crazy things for the mission and doesn't enjoy it, and Tom Cruise loves doing it. And I think people try to say that like the mission movies are Tom Cruise, but I would say, I would argue that Maverick is the closest Tom Cruise comes to ever playing himself, because clearly this is him like in the movie just allowed to like be relaxed and like have fun playing this role despite california state law ride his motorcycle without a helmet yeah but like low-key it looks awesome so maybe we should let him and when him and penny are riding the motorcycle with no helmets that looks super cool yeah but um i guess one thing i want to get out of the way is the military propaganda of it all Okay, you you have the floor. Um, well, uh, I remember you saying that like you don't. You said something. I think either for a dis- interview or something where you were like you didn't get it. So I was wondering what your thoughts on it were. Oh, on the military industrial complex. Well, like in in terms of this movie being like an oppressive force. Well, I mean, you said in the production history that military workers were like this is partly being used as a recruitment tool. Um, is that so? I w- I'm not tripping. Yeah, but and, like and they, I... they they said that they're like they were designing it to show that like there were positions and waiting to be filled and recruiters on standby. Yeah, although I mean they weren't making the script, but they just had a say in it. I mean, I usually like. I mean, I can't say i'm a, a huge proponent of the military i would never join it if you fought in a war that had a good cause cool i'm sorry if you got drafted but if you're joining the military like voluntarily and you're not just like that's your only career option i don't know i don't want to go to a, a faraway place and kill people um so recruiting people to make it look super dope and then giving them not that and then sending them to like I don't know, Birmingham, Alabama for boot camp. And it's really hard to be in a position to fly a plane. And it's like you're the astronauts of the military, you know? 
Yeah, but well, I mean, I like, mean, I, 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 I like I like war movies that like make the military in America like look bad, like Apocalypse Now, you know. Yeah, although like the reason I brought it up is because a lot of people don't like this movie or are kind of like morally object to it because of the fact that it makes the military look good. Um, and I guess my one thing with that is that a any movie that costs a hundred million dollars or more is probably not going to be anti-establishment in in like a meaningful way. Um, and B, I don't think that it's like, obviously, yes, this movie is being used for recruitment and whatever, and I'm not denying that, but in terms of the actual messaging within the movie, other, I don't think it says anything other than they're good guys, because they're not naming any specific country. They're not naming... You don't see anybody. You don't... Like, it's almost comical how much you don't it, see who the enemy it, is. Any country you pick, you're, like, a little bit wrong. And if you pick certain countries, you're, like, definitely wrong. Yeah, and when you're America picking the countries, you know, it's, you it's sh- an interesting... You, sh- you should just bomb unnamed um, nuclear plant uh, operated by men in all black... Uh, suits and you can't even see their skin color and no nor hear them speak you just shoot um, them out of the sky but i guess my thing is like personally i'm able to detach myself from this being reality and i can enjoy it on its own terms within the movie's world i'm real with myself enough to understand that this movie is really fun and that my eyeballs like watching it and that uh Maybe it's time that we talk about this, but which part of the movie do you think almost made me cry? Oh yeah, Trent told me that a part of this film made him cry. I have a few guesses. Uh huh. I don't think it's what you expect would expect or what my body expected. Was it Val Kilmer? No. Was it Cruz sacrificing himself? It was an action moment. I'll say that much. An action moment. Was it when they were like flying and there's the one guy that's on their nose and they're going up into thing and he's like, I'm sorry. Close. Um, it was when Rooster and Maverick are in the air and they think that they're toast and then Hangman comes out of nowhere and blows them up and uh, he he's he was a hero and like he saved them. And, wow, uh, so you cried for Hangman. That that is not, unexpected. Not, not for Hangman, but just I mean, it just reminded me of Star Wars, and it's exactly like Han Solo swooping in, and I'm just like, this is nice. What? Yahoo! You crashed a plane, and and it was a um... plane crashed. I was aboard oh, the plane, I and see. it crashed. But you... I didn't. But you were the only one on the plane. I was a, okay. the only one on. The okay, plane. so yeah. so somehow the plane. What happened? The plane had a mechanical malfunction. So when it starts going down, and, was, and mm-hmm. you were on a golf course, which, you know, lots well, of doctors... Well, I wasn't on a golf course. Well. I, was, <laughs> I was near a golf... I was near the airport, and there happened to be a golf course there, but there happened to be a lot of other places that were not as attractive landing sites... Sure. ...as the golf course. I would have preferred to land on the airport. 
So you chose a, a golf course because doctors are there usually, so that would be a good place to land. That wasn't... I, I, I didn't... I didn't construct such a complete understanding of the situation. I just landed on the golf course and there were doctors. Yeah. Hey man, hey man is sitting in his plane. He's like, permission to go help my friends. And they're like, negative. And he's just like, Pah! Yeah. This movie like hits in the feels in all the right ways. I is think. it implied that he disobeyed the orders and went and saved them? Or that he I think so. eventually got the Oh, okay. That's good. Oh, wait, no. Uh, maybe not. Because they see that he's flying towards them. Like, like the, the uh, rooster uh, gets picked up on radar. So maybe they sent him. Because John Hamm seems, ha- seems happy to see them. And I feel like otherwise he'd be pissed. I love John Hamm. He's good. I, I like when he, like... No, I'm not going to say that on air, actually. Wait, tell me. Well, you have to cut it out. Fine, I'll edit it out. Wait, he was... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, what would you say? I mean, clearly you cried at Hangman coming, or almost cried at Hangman coming. I've cried at, like, less than five movies, like, my whole life. So, like, consider that. I mean, no tears exited my eyeball, but, like, the, uh, I was getting, like, the chills. Like, I felt, like, the the foreplay to crying. What, What would you say your favorite scene was? What is my favorite scene? Maybe the f- the first time I saw it, all of the mission going wrong and what happens in essentially after the third act of Miles Te- Tom Cruise rec- saving Miles Teller, Miles Teller saving Tom Cruise, um, that was awesome. And then th- them stealing the plane, them doing the hand motions at the <coughs> enemy pilots, um, that's just like classic studio Hollywood entertainment. I'm entertained. Uh, I think I think this has one of the best third acts in a movie I've seen since, like in theaters at least. I have no idea, but like this is one of my favorite ever third acts in a movie. And I would say that like my favorite stuff in the movie is all the mission, and then because and I talked about this with several people, um, but. This movie's really good, but it's not really unpredictable. All the way up until both Maverick and Rooster get shot down. And that's the point where I feel like a lot of people that were enjoying it kind of go, like, lean forwards and are like, oh, like, what's happening now? They're really doing something here. That's kind of how I felt. Like, literally, how do they get out of this? Um, And I don't remember the last time a movie truly made me feel like that. If they just did the two miracles in a row and then returned and everyone was on the flight deck happy, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, like, that was enjoyable, but alright, that's fine. I'd be like, that was a bunch of fun monta- montages, and then the mission was, okay, I guess what I expected. But I was taken yeah. on, a, you said it was an amusement park ride. Well, I mean, you said seeing an IMAX was like riding a roller coaster, no? I, I, what I said, and now I guess I can spoil what specific moment I was talking about, but I'd said that for all the talk of MCU movies being theme park rides 
Top Gun Maverick is the only movie that I can think of where I watched it and actually felt like I was on a roller coaster. And specifically, when I saw it, the first time and in IMAX, when you see that shot of Tom Cruise's jet going off the carrier and you're inside the cockpit and you're you're seeing him and it's an unbroken shot and he like you you feel that like jolt as he lifts off of the carrier that is cinema and that is awesome and like that everything in the cockpits and like uh, with the jets just you feel the intensity with every like cut like it, it really makes you feel I mean, it's in all the fucking marketing, but it really makes you feel like you're in the Jets. Last night, watching it with the knowledge that all of the flight stuff is... Re- is all of the flight stuff real? Um, 90%. Okay, I mean, I can live with that because, like, 100% would be inconceivable and 90% makes me feel better, but still, like, wow. Like, I mean, well, there were some... I, I- I, I, I'll explain how that 10% that's not real. The 10% that's not real is there are no functioning F-14s anywhere in the world except for Iran, and we did not use Iran's F-14s. We so didn't any collab ex- with Iran? No. So any exterior shots involving the F-14, that was a CG plane. However, um, inside the cockpit when you're seeing them, that's real. Like when the, you know, because they're just that's in a different actu- plane. Yeah. Then the Dark Star at the beginning of the movie, that's not a functioning plane. That's not real. So that's a different plane that they then paint over. So that's a real plane, but not that plane. Mm. And then I think every now and then they might like have to comp in in certain shots because something that happened with the first movie is that they got all these cool shots of airplanes flying, but the, it was kind of just nothing. And then in editing, they had to figure it out, which it you can kind of tell it, in that it movie. Inco- it was incongruous. Spatially, it makes so little sense. Like, like um, they're, high, they're high up in the air, and then they're right down by the ground, you know? But um, So that doesn't happen as much with this movie, but it does happen a little bit. But thankfully, now we have CG where we can make things make more sense. But... I, I would go so far as to say, as far as I understand, maybe 95%. Because Just some of the shots of them, like, bobbing through the mountains. Am I crazy? Those are real. Those are real. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of awesome. What, what? Like, I thought Spectacle was dead. No, and I mean, like, this whole movie, a lot has been said about it. We're, we're pretty late to the party and bringing this up. But this movie is like a, an analogy for Tom Cruise's career, in a way. Um, it, ju- it just keeps getting better. Well, that, but also this idea that, you know, clearly the movie industry is moving towards, you know, theme park kind of films like mcu movies and the theatrical experience all kinds of like interesting movies are being pushed out of theaters but even these mcu movies you know they're not really pushing the boundaries of anything um as opposed to as as opposed to tom cruise who is this kind of analog he's a movie star in an age where the movie star is kind of dead and uh that's not valued as much as ip you know he's a relic of another time in the movie and outside of the movie. And he, in the movie proves that 
it's still worthwhile to be pushing for that and out of the movie clearly he succeeded with a billion dollars at the box office and you know doing it for real it makes a difference like clearly it makes a difference there's been tons of movies with plane sequences in recent years and it's nothing against cg it's just that the same amount of care and effort is not put into those movies as is put into this movie i think and um yeah clearly it pays off when we talked to eddie hamilton he was just like yeah you know i really like top gun and so i felt the responsibility to take actually every second and look through the 18 or 800 hours of footage because like if this movie wasn't as good as it could be that would be on me and it's nice to know that the people care that much yeah that's that's what i that's how i i mean there's a lot of like i make a lot of jokes about how i like tom cruise it's whatever but that's really what i like about tom cruise is this kind of like like obsessive and truly insane but this kind of compulsion to make sure that he's making something bigger and better than the last time he made it and like an obsessive need to entertain an audience need for um, speed, and to yeah. do it the, the to do it in a way that's not stupid you know there's a version of this movie that's a lot dumber than this one some could argue that it's the first top gun but you know like uh, a movie does not necessarily need to be smart but it needs to be smartly made um and i think this movie is very smartly made and for what it is it is perfect can i bring up the one complaint that's on my mind right it's not even a complaint but i saw the show i saw the movie yesterday with friend of the show jordan sickfus and with all of the penny romance stuff and with like the daughter being like don't break her heart again which I understand is implied, but she was like, I feel like I'm missing something and that these people should have been in the first movie, but I know that they're not and that there's just another woman with no relation to this. Yeah, I mean, like, people are, I guess the other elephant in the room is that the woman from, or Kelly McGillis slash Charlie from the first Top Gun is not brought back for this movie, but I don't think they have great chemistry in the first movie, and I think... Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly have much better chemistry in this movie. Well, I was going to say it doesn't matter because all of those scenes are so awesome. Like they shouldn't be, but they are like Tom Cruise on a boat out of his element, despite being in the Navy. Yeah. 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 You know, it's nice to see a movie that acknowledges that Tom Cruise is old and to see him with an age appropriate woman. Yes. And with a woman who like is not afraid to charge tom cruise theoretically like thousands like, of dollars easily thousands of dollars of of alcohol charges that's the and other thing how do they to, he, he comes in with a roll of money and he's like here let me pay you back and she's like don't worry about it and then he's like i insist and she's like oh okay and then she takes the whole roll of yeah. thousands of dollars i've really the other thing that's funny about her that i saw on the internet was people were like she's a mysteriously wealthy woman that owns like this crazy expensive car and a sailboat but is also owns this bar owns this that bar seem, and is that like seems a waitress doing, there but it seems to be doing exceptionally well but she yeah. just, it seems like she just enjoys working at the hard deck yeah but also Which, funny name what made what didn't make sense to me is like the football sequence is right outside the hard deck 
Yeah, but she has to be driven back also, I believe. So how did she get there? I oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying why is the military going to this beach right outside this bar? To play well, football. well, I guess you could make the and case then, that Tom Cruise John... chose the location because he wanted to be shirtless in front of his lady friend. But then John Hamm goes there like it's like on the military base, and he's like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, no, but but here's my counterpoint: it's kind of fucking awesome. No, it it is. Um, Dogfight football, offense and defense at the same time. That's the thing. Well, this movie, it I feel like. In terms of legacy sequels, like this is maybe the best one. Wonder why? Because they let it age. They gave it a bunch of time. They let it breathe. But I mean, like, there's, like, it's also like it, 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 it treats it the first movie with like enough reverence, but not so much that it. Uh, like, I feel like I enjoy the Force Awakens a lot, but like with each passing year that I watch it, I'm like, they could have. It could have made this a little bit different. There could have been a little bit less, like, overt similarity. And whereas this movie, I think, it has that opening sequence, which you could cut it out, but it's fun to have it. And it has, you know, it, it takes the things that it references from the original movie play a part in this movie. They're not just there to be there. You know, the football sequence... It's in this movie, there, which is a, the volleyball sequence. It's there, but it's there to show that it's part of the training. And, you know, yeah. talk to me, Goose. It, it, he's not just saying that. That's like, part, that's Goose is the whole point of the movie. It's in, it's like, in meaningful moments. And it's only twice. Exactly. And, you know, they could have had the need for speed line could have been redone in this movie. The, but, like, they don't. They have, yeah. they know when to and when not to reference the original. I think the only, showing the, the only original footage being like during the great balls of fire and it's just like that little flashback and then it's like goose dying and then not anymore because like when i'm watching matrix resurrections and like they keep cutting back to like a slightly changed version of the footage from the original film i'm like what are we doing here i, th- I think this does it more effectively I, um, I i'm agreeing yeah um but yeah i don't I don't have any. There's nothing not working for me, Trent. I gotta be honest. You couldn't muster uh, a complaint if you if, if you needed to. Nothing. Nothing. Parth, gun to your head. Say something bad about it. It ended. And you want it to go on forever. Like I kind of wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be in these jets. I wanted, you wanted to, to be, be in the air force. Well, the navy. Oh, I'm sorry. I corrected someone on that yesterday, so I feel stupid. Um. Wow, something bad about Top Gun Maverick. <sighs> You're making me reach here. Um. There's one shot where the F-14 is coming out of the smoke or something. Well, at the end of the movie, and it it could have looked better, but like didn't you do this with the dark knight or spider-man and you were just like yeah i can't think of anything but there's this one shot that kind of bothers me which one was it do you remember in the dark knight um it was something beloved but you obviously i i think i asked you a similar question to to no no i'm sure i think it i think you're right i think it was the dark knight i just can't remember what it is 
That's but yeah, I feel like when when a movie when the one thing I can think of that's wrong with the movie is one specifically one shot that lasts I think one second where the CG could have been a little bit better. That's like, a good sign. It's not a bad place to be. And as someone who was coming into this movie ready to not like it. Yeah. I'm I'm like shocked that you liked it so much your first time and liked it again the second time. I really thought your second viewing you'd be like not as good, but no, um it's awesome. It's I feel like we didn't formally discuss what's working, but we did just talk fondly about it for 30 minutes. Yeah, and really what more can the listeners ask for, you know? Like, every scene... Be, be, I mean, how do I say this? Since they're just flying planes all the time, like, it should get redundant, but they break it up so nicely. And so that even if, like, the training scenes or whatever are, like, kind of similar, like, there's a bunch of stuff to cushion in between so that when you're flying well, I mean, again, the, you're, the, like, this is exciting. The smart thing is that they know how to break up the information of the mission because what they're really doing with each training sequence is saying this is another stake you have to look for you know you have to be flying this fast you can't fly above this height this is how long the mission has to take this is how you're you know they're breaking down all of that information across essentially two training montages um which is kind of amazing. Now that I think of it, there's really only two montages where they explain everything. Um, but in doing so, it allows you for it allows you to completely understand the mechanics of the last that the the actual mission, and just sort of sit back and enjoy it, and you're not at all confused by what's going on, which is something that other blockbusters could. Look towards this movie for inspiration. Trent, we, is it time? I, I, I was just going to ask you a similar question. Is, is it time? I, I think it's time. I think you should go because we all know what mine's going to be. I'm um, scrubbing through the film mentally to think if there are any closing notes. Miles Teller is like a weird... I mean, we were talking about this yesterday about how Miles Teller is like an elusive superstar, but I really like him. Um, if you don't have a mustache right now, like, get on the bandwagon. Wow, really adding me. <sighs> Parth, you could have a mustache. I could. I did once upon a time for, like, a minute. I like the sound of that. Rewatchable? So, so, recommendable? So, someone who has no relationship with Top Gun and had been avoiding it subconsciously my whole life. That was a really good movie. Parth says it's one of the best movies of the year. It's certainly one of the best, it, it's like one of the most, one of the blockbusters that are like relevant and that like Joe Schmo will like, but also like, it's great. Like it's not a, Avengers Endgame. Like I haven't seen Avengers Endgame. Uh, uh, Avengers Endgame is good, but like it's not, it could, this is more than Avengers but Endgame. But like grown, like grown people, like especially middle-aged people were in the theater like going crazy. Like they love Tom Cruise. And they love planes, and they love excitement. They're just like me. <laughs> and um, my parents saw it, and they loved it. And they just said, everyone's talking about it, and we want to feel like we're participating in society, and so we're going to go see Top Gun. 
Did they like it? Yeah, and then they watched the first one, and they said the first one is not good. I enjoy the first one for what it is. I'd seen it before the second movie had come out, so I guess it's different for me in that way. But I just it's not even close. You know. All right, Trent, let's get into it. Would you recommend this movie? Yep. Would you rewatch this movie? I've I've done it. I'm in the sixteen percent. And um, my ranking I know yours is gonna be a ten out of ten. Uh well, we don't know is, that for sure. And this is a you thing. But I'm really pleasantly surprised and it's all real and it's impressive. And Tom Cruise is a movie star, so nine out of ten. Um yeah, it's uh very rewatchable, clearly. Uh, very, I recommend it to anybody and everybody except if you're like going to be really pissed that it's military propaganda but um, you know grow up I don't know um, and 10 out of 10 there's nothing that I would change other than that one shot but I'm not going to lower my rating for it this is like watching you like watching Michael Jordan like shoot like a mid-range basketball shot you know yeah no, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. He looks, he gives to Jordan. Jordan to the circle, puts the shot in the air. Good! The game's over, and the Bulls have won. Jordan beat him at the buzzer with a jump shot in the circle, and Chicago has knocked off the Cavs 101-100. to Trent, what do we have? What's coming up? Wow, so like, what happens after the top end discussion? Yeah, are we it, done? Is the podcast over? Can we go okay. back? I went back to what our the before our times. homes are. Yeah. Well, we are allowed to record from home. Okay, so after this, uh, we're gonna have an interview with someone, a production designer of a certain film that also includes a certain actor by the name of Miles Teller. Yeah, it's Whiplash time, guys. It's Whiplash. We got production designer <laughs> Melanie Jones. Um, it was me playing the drums. Wow, you're so good. Yeah. Um, I'm like Andrew Neiman. Neiman. She was awesome. Really cool. Really great uh, interview. You can look forward to that next week. Um, and then the week after that, we'll discuss it. But we already have as of recording. Um, go rate I- us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us a good review. We're on podcasting apps pretty much whatever one you want to listen to we're on it uh go tell your friends it helps drive listenership up it really helps guys please do it we're on social media we have twitter and instagram you should you should like you should join those nice is that it yep yeah all right bye guys goodbye this is the end of the episode you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain too much love drops a man insane. You broke my wheel, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I laughed at love because I thought it was funny. But you came along and you proved me, honey. I changed my mind, the sun is crying. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Kiss me, baby. Ooh, that feels good. Hold me, baby. I want to love you like a lover should You're fine, it's so kind I'ma tell the world that you're mine, 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 mine I chew my nails and I twiddle my 
Goodness gracious, big balls of fire. 